Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name, of course, is Andy Spateri and I am joined by Taylor Wells. Taylor, what's going on, dude? How are you? Just working on some new projects in the uh, sci-fi realm. It's actually pretty cool, pretty exciting. I haven't done a whole lot of work in that area. A lot of it revolves around fantasy, so I'm having a good week. How about you? I'm having a pretty good week, too. Can't complain. I've been doing, like... Trying to work out a lot, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit more tired than usual. I gotta slim down for my wedding next year, so gotta fit in that tux. Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm fatigued. I just went on a bike ride, which is like, oh god, you never realize how out of shape you are until you actually do something physical, you know? Hmm. Yes. Well, if I was ever out of shape, I would uh, understand that feeling. Yeah. So uh, my week's been good, though. It's been it's been a good a good feeling um i guess uh i guess a good feeling that we should talk about is that we were kind of right and that one of our e3 predictions is kind of still on track maybe um of course i'm talking about the uh the recent buzz around cadence of high rule and uh, it was supposedly coming out on the 30th of may but that of course didn't happen um, our managing editor, Rod Lloyd, actually pointed out that usually Nintendo will kind of assign the last day of the month as placeholder release dates for, for titles and stuff like that. So somebody, basically, long story short, somebody um, saw the metadata for Cadence of Hyrule, and that's where they got that release date of March, or sorry, May the 30th from, um, and that is not happening. And since then, a new video has come out where it seemingly is confirmed that this game is coming out in June. So fingers crossed for uh, my E3 prediction that it comes out during the conference. I'm still pretty confident in that one, actually. Yeah, I don't I don't really see them waiting too much longer after E3 to do it, so it, it kind of makes more sense to do it at E3, especially since that's kind of like been their, their mantra so far, you know, release a direct, release a game, or release a DLC or something like that. So it falls in line, I think. Yeah, they usually, I mean, they're usually good for like once a year, at least saying, um, you know, this is coming out right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for that because um, I'm not, I was reviewing my picks and I was just like, oh man, I could like easily see none of these being correct at all. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. Mm, don't do that. I feel like our, I feel like both of our Pokemon predictions should still kind of sort of maybe count, despite there being a Pokemon Direct on, what is it, the 5th? Yes. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too. So, pretty much, uh, maybe you and I can, we'll call an audible, and if any of our picks are uh, revealed during that Direct, we can, we can count it towards, I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, uh, We'll talk about that later behind the scenes. Um, speaking of our E3 predictions, though, I don't think we ever we ever came to a conclusion about what your double punishment should be. I saw something about no. streaming in a Tom Brady jersey. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, well, that would require me to actually have a Tom Brady jersey, which everybody knows does not... It, it's not a thing. <laughs> so if somebody wants to send me one, maybe I could, uh, maybe you could do that. I want to give a, a quick shout-out to the Toronto Raptors while we're kind of talking about sports. We the North, baby. Go Raps, go. Um, just had to throw that in there. We're very proud up here. We're very excited. The furthest that we've ever been in an NBA playoff run ever. So, You know, as a Knicks fan, I can't really um, 
can't really say that your your hopes and dreams aren't well founded. So uh, congratulations. We didn't get swept. I, I totally thought that the Raps would get swept in the finals. Um, no, so that, even even one really game. Well. Yeah, we. I mean, we kicked ass in that game. So I, I was really, I was pleasantly surprised about it. It was uh, it's been a good ride so far. But um, anyways, back to uh, back to E3. Of course, E3 is just right around the corner here, and we've got a uh, very fun E3 episode for you this week. We are going to be reliving the best of times and the worst of times when it comes to Nintendo at the big show. And uh, this is probably as good a place as any to remind you guys that there will be no new Champions Cast next week. Uh, so next Monday, we have the day off, but we're going in on Tuesday. We're going to be... Uh, we're going to be live about half an hour before the show starts with some pre-show coverage, predictions, last-minute news, anything like that. Uh, of course, we're going to stream the entire conference for you and then stick around as we break it down. After the fact, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we were surprised at, disappointed at, all of that good stuff. Um, that's all going to be happening at the Zelda Dungeon Twitch channel, so make sure that you are locked into that. If you've got the day off, you know, come hang out with us. It's going to be... A super fun time. I think that this is going to be a really, really good E3 for Nintendo. I have a strong feeling about it. Yeah, I think it's not going to be under the water, so to speak. I, I don't think it'll be um, as, as quiet as some people are saying. There there might not be a whole lot of maybe bam-wow-in-your-face titles, but I think we're getting a lot of solid things this year, and it's going to turn out to be... A really fun time. I'm just stoked for Luigi's Mansion. That's a bam wow. Oh yeah, that's that's like, I, that's that might be my game of the show actually. Depending. What about Metroid Prime Four being delayed indefinitely? Uh, Metroid Prime Four was already delayed indefinitely. So what's the worst that they could do? That that's true. Fair point. Um, but we're crossing our fingers for Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Switch. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be on the eleventh. Of course, uh, we want you to come hang out with us. That's gonna be taking place at uh, oh god, my time zones are all mixed up. It starts at ten. It's, it starts at nine Pacific, so we're gonna be live at eight thirty Pacific. There we go. That's the right time zone. So yeah, come hang out with us. And if you can't, um, don't worry because we're gonna have our pre-show and our post-show reactions uh, all wrapped into one for you to check out later in the form of a podcast as well so you know come hang out with us during if you can't don't worry you're gonna catch up on everything that uh, that we talked about there um so before we get going with our e3 show here i just want to quickly plug two different podcasts here if you will allow me that taylor sure why not i mean you are the master of plugging so the first podcast that I want to plug is from one of our very own original content editors, David Wayne Nystrom. He just launched a podcast all about his fan fiction, The uh, the Arrow Without a Hero. So that's available on pretty much every major uh, podcast app. So go check it out. Um, if you're a fan of the fan fiction story that we've been publishing on the site, then uh, you, can, you can catch up with all the latest developments on there and you can listen to it instead of reading it as maybe you're driving home from work or something like that. And of course, the second podcast I want to plug, Virtual Theater. We took a little bit of time off. We uh, we took a couple weeks off to recoup after uh, all the movies that we did in a row, but we are back at it with Resident Evil, and that movie is actually, it's far worse than I remember. It's just, it's a, 
terrible, terrible movie. Not like the game at all. I feel like you're going back and forth on that one. Like, I remember before recording the episode, you're like, gosh, I'm not really looking forward to this. And then after you watched it, you're like, man, I really ripped into that. I don't know if it deserved that. And now you're saying that it totally deserved everything you gave it? No, it it deserved it. It deserved it. Okay. It's, it's It's not very good. It's not very scary. And it's not very fun, which is like, you know... Good, fun, and scary are all the things that I would describe the best Resident Evil games as. So, go check it out. You, uh, it, it's it's hard to describe how unfun that movie is and do it justice. But we try our best on virtual theater. That, of course, is over on SoundCloud and pretty much all major podcast apps. So, um, check that out. And if you've missed any of the other video game movies that we've covered, we got Street Fighter, we got Doom, we've got all sorts of bad movies in there that uh, they're so bad that it's good. So you'll want to check that out. But now, it's time for the good and the bad of Nintendo at E3. And Taylor, what, what should we start out with? The the good stuff or the bad stuff? I say we end on a good note for once and start with the bad. Okay. I remember that last time around this year, we, we kind of did a whole episode about some of the bad. So... I, I think it'd be okay. good to well, kind of flip the switch let's this, do this. this year. Let's do this. Let's let's do one bad and then one good, and we'll take it from there, and we'll kind of take you on an E3 journey of Nintendo from literally the, the, the peaks and the valleys over the years. Um, and this really does span uh, quite a long time over the years. It goes back almost almost 20 years. It's going to be a good roller coaster ride, eh? Yeah. All right. All right, strap in. Let's do it. So these are these are kind of in order, but they're not really. They they could be interchangeable, but uh, just to also give a, a preface for this, these are obviously our personal picks, things that uh, that we just thought were particularly atrocious or you know exceptionally awesome. So with that being said, let's dive into it. Number five from E three twenty fifteen, Metroid Prime Federation Force, and what a absolute terrible terrible just reveal this was um everybody everybody on this show knows that i'm a i'm a giant metroid fan if i if i didn't work at zelda dungeon i'd work at metroid dungeon so needless to say that needs to be a thing uh i wish it was maybe maybe we could start that when metroid prime 4 comes out in like 2025 could be an option well, we'll have to get Mosses to uh, to buy it out. So in, in, in 2015, I feel like some context is, is important here. In 2015, there had not been a new Metroid game in four years. Not only had there not been a new Metroid game, but not even like a hint of a Metroid game in development. The last Metroid game that came out was a big tonal shift from the series, and it took it in a really bad direction. Of course, we're talking about Metroid Other M. It wasn't developed by Retro Studios. It was just this. It was this odd side game that really was not well received by Metroid fans. So Nintendo really could have used something to to turn the tide here and just reassure those Metroid fans. And instead, they delivered a trailer for what looked like a a really cheap looking chibi style game with these generic soldiers that were the, it kind of played through the metroid prime first person perspective but not really it pretty much was just metroid in name it had a lot of like 
multiplayer focus and there was like a soccer game in, in the trailer and it was just uh so everything that we didn't need from metroid at the time like we needed two years later we would get the trailer for samus returns and that trailer really should have been in 2015 because it was it was a reassurance but this trailer was just like oh my god they're just they're killing the metroid franchise even further so i absolutely hated it i hated it so much that i still have not played federation force which maybe isn't fair because you know what it might be a good game but man it's just not a good metroid game I think as a, I guess you could say a middle-of-the-line Metroid fan, like, I haven't played all of them, but I do enjoy, you know, several of the ones that I have played, especially the earlier titles. Um, it, it, it's weird, because, like, when you first brought this up with me, I was like, I don't, what are you talking about? Metroid Federation Force, I couldn't even remember that. And then I looked it up, and I, <laughs> and it, it brought back these memories to me of, like, just standing there watching this trailer and going, if they didn't tell me that it was a Metroid game, I don't know that I would have been able to tell. And Yeah, on exactly. Top of that, yeah, on top of that, I also, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg in this situation, but, yeah, Blast Ball... It was like kind of, a, I guess, a cheaper version or, or a 3DS version of uh, Rocket League. So, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was so weird and just out there. And I don't know why... I, I don't know why that they decided to go with that approach. It, it just makes no sense to me. I And, and, I, and I'm a fan of spin-off games in series like like I'm really excited for Cadence of Hyrule. I like the concept of Hyrule Warriors. I, I like that kind of stuff. And to me it's just like like Metroid just kind of gets the the crappy versions of these spin-offs. Like we got a pinball game which like okay, I guess Samus turns into a morph ball. That's it's applicable. But then uh just getting just getting this this squad-based shooter and it just it looked really cheap and i think that was the problem the art style didn't register it looked like it was and i mean and it was early on in development but it just it looked really unpolished and i think that it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth actually reggie basically had to come out and i think his exact quote was uh reception to federation force has been bad there's no doubt so it was so bad that the president of nintendo of america had to acknowledge it to everybody, so that should tell you everything that you need to know about Metroid Prime Federation Force. So that will definitely live on in infamy for any Metroid fans out there. But I dare say that our our number five moment on the positive list makes up for that because on the one hand you have long suffering Metroid fans that you know new games aren't really common in the Metroid series, but last year. E3 2018, Taylor, you'll remember this very well. Ridley finally comes to Smash. That is number five on our list. Killing Mario, no less. Killing, killing Mario, killing Mega Man. He was, uh, he was pretty badass in this trailer. Yeah, just like Nintendo enjoys delivering a Ridley-sized shaft towards its Metroid fans, uh, Ridley kind of did the same thing to Mario and half the rest of the Smash roster. It was pretty sweet. The, the trailers for the new characters at Smash Bros, uh, you know, they have just become so well-produced and well-polished over the years that when I saw 
this trailer I was really I was really excited and then just once it was once it was done and we kind of freaked out or whatever I rewatched it a couple times and just marveled at like really how good it was he, they really made Ridley look really formidable which I thought was a success and just like man I remember back in 2001 when Super Smash Bros Melee came out and Ridley was in that opening uh, cinematic and uh, just you know since then a lot of fans have been clamoring for Ridley to get into Smash, and there was always kind of this reason or that reason. And uh, this, it, it felt like just such a, such an accomplishment that he that he finally made it. You know, I I was just like, oh, I I I think you could probably go back to the Champions Cast episode fifteen live at E three, and you will hear me screaming like a little girl when when Ridley comes out. It was awesome. Yeah, cue cue that. Uh, what is that? That gif of Jonah Hill just like standing in place, kind of squaring about with, <laughs> with a really giddy smile on his face. That's that's pretty much you in a nutshell in 2018, and it was great. I mean, I was just as excited too. Uh, you know, it Ridley, for all intents and purposes, for me is really just he, he's de- absolutely the Ganondorf of Metroid, and. Like I, I've never really seen kind of other villains in the Metroid series as being, I guess you could say, like a, a topping performance. Ridley's always kind of been it, so it was nice that um, it was nice that Smash f- is 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 getting to the point where they are confident enough to throw out their biggest hits, and we everybody knew that. You know, all the Metroid fans, even the non-Metroid fans, were like, "Yeah, why? Why is Ridley not in the game already?" So for them to finally just come out and say, "Hey, yeah, we're putting him in. We're not giving you some lame excuse about how we can't have you know big-sized characters in the game anymore," despite Bowser being in the game since the start, uh, it, it was nice. And and the cinematic trailer, you know. As the years go by, these just get better and better, and I think take on a much more uh, movie-based approach, which I think in video games works a lot better than maybe video games going to movies. But it it was just nice all around and and had the impact that it deserved. Speaking of uh, those awesome cinematics, I just want to throw out there, I am addicted to the Super Smash Bros. Like like footage but mocked up to the avengers trailers you know what i mean the avengers yeah, yeah. smash bros they're so good they're so good if you guys haven't seen it you got to get out there and watch it it's just like man i want super smash bros end games so badly um, there are some creative people out there man i swear you, you put anything out there on the internet there's gonna be somebody who's gonna make something of it and it's gonna be hilarious all right, well, this was hilarious for Nintendo not making something of this, and uh, this is going back to the worst of times. Number four on our list from E3 2011, what else could it be other than the Wii U reveal? And so much has been dumped on this that we'll, we'll, try, we'll try to bury the Wii U softly here, but just like, what a, what a terrible way to reveal your new console. First of all, the name, I can understand why they wanted to, you know, keep the Wii brand, but when you reveal the the console and you spend 90% of it talking about the new controller and there's already like a million peripherals for the Wii out there in the wild, like the vitality sensor and the fit board and all this junk, 
I can see why people thought that this was just something that you'd slap onto your existing Wii, and it was it was right. really just like doomed from the start with this haphazard reveal. Yeah, and you know what? To this day, I'll say that the Wii U is still actually a really, really good console. It's just, like, everything leading up to its release and for a good time after its release just kind of, as you said, doomed it before it started. I I don't... Nintendo's marketing plan definitely did not seem to be its usual self like somebody took a sick day or something because coming out with what they did made it just seem like you know not clear at all that this was supposed to be a successor console not just something you add on or not something that you know you attach or or whatever it is i i i don't get it like it, it, it baffles me why that that was the approach. Like, hey, let's introduce a system that is supposed to be new and improved. We're going to have a whole bunch of cool stuff. The gamepad is going to be the key feature. So we're only going to talk about the gamepad. What? Why? That I don't know. I, at least come out and say something like, oh, yeah, this is like the Wii 2 or something like that. It, it, was, it was just like, it was also a matter that it didn't have that killer that killer IP to launch with, you know, no. the, most, the most successful Nintendo consoles have had that game that you just have to have when it comes out. Breath of the Wild for the Switch, Twilight Princess for the Wii. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I don't think the Wii U really got anything, like, major until, what was it, Splatoon or Smash 4? You could probably argue that the Wii didn't get anything major for at least the first year of its life when New Super Mario Bros. U came out. Um, right, right. Because, and then, and then Smash came out in 2014, and Mario Kart 8 came out, and you know those were those were successful titles in Splatoon, as you mentioned. But like, at this point, it was it was already too little, too late. Like that, just it it died so quickly, and this reveal, I think, is a big reason why. So the 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 focus on the gamepad, the lack of a killer game to launch with, and you have a recipe for an awful console, and it's no wonder that the Wii U did the business that it did. So that is number four on our list. Let's talk about let's talk about some cool marketing. How about and ironically, this is actually for Smash Bros for the Wii U. So this comes from um, the 2014 E3, and this is coming in at number four on our this is awesome list. Reggie Fizeme versus Satoru Iwata. Tell me that this wasn't the coolest thing that you've ever seen. Of course, what I'm talking about. These guys are in like this dark room. They kind of you see a trailer and they're uh, they're kind of bowing to each other, and then they get in this awesome Matrix style fight where like Reggie's like punching at the speed of light, and then uh, Iwata's coming back and like blocking kind of like Morpheus, and like it was so cheesy and it was so awesome. And the whole the whole gist of the video was that it was introducing the Me Fighters for Super Smash Bros. And the Me Fighters themselves were actually like kind of whatever. They they were okay. They're a cool gimmick. But man, this this video of like the two most beloved figures in my mind in all of video games just just fighting each other in this crazy over the top battle is something that I you know if ever I'm just cruising YouTube I uh, and, and want to have a smile on my face I go back and I watch this because it's it's so 
it's so crazy and it's so Nintendo and I loved it. Yeah, you know, sometimes I I've said it before. It's like simplicity sometimes is is the best is the best thing. And with this one, like it it just added so much personality. I think to an otherwise dull feature. Like I don't know a lot of people who are super crazy about me fighters in Smash. I don't. I, know even less people who main a Mii Fighter in Smash. But, you know, just that presentation, it, it it sold it for me. Despite knowing in my inner heart, like, oh, I'm probably not going to spend all this much time on it. It gave it personality. gave it flavor. And I... Like, I, I always smile when I see it. And I think it is probably one of the greatest uh, marketing moves that Nintendo ever did. And... You know, if someday out there, I think that Reggie and, and Satoru Iwata in heaven or wherever are just going to be duking it out over a Smash game. That's very nice. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's just it's so it's so classically Nintendo. It's so goofy. Um you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have the slick videos like you'd had for the other character reveals. So I just, I, I thought that this was perfect. And there's something about seeing these, these two grown men who are obviously just having a complete ball, like just loving life, duking it out. That, uh, that just, if, if you could watch this without grinning, I don't know, man, you, your heart, your heart must be black, but I loved it. So that is, uh, that's number four on our list. So we might we might subvert some expectations here, but we're actually going to rank what a lot of people's number one Nintendo disaster at E3 was number three on our list, and we are talking about Wii Music from 2008. Now, we could have probably made an entire list based off of Nintendo's uh, E3 2008 conference because this really was just an absolute terrible conference. This was. This was coming in a year after there had already been big releases in the Metroid series and in the uh, Mario series and in the Zelda series. Those had all come out relatively in the year or two prior to that. So this time, there's really nothing left in the in the tank. So what do they do? They go full-on casual mode. Like, pretty much every single game that was shown was like... We this or we that like we sports resort I think was actually the biggest game that came out of this, and it was just a, a, a casual, casual gamer kind of a kind of a show. And of course, that's not really what you want at E3, where the most hardcore gamers are there. Um, so that was a problem. They had nothing to show. That was a problem. The Sean White spot was like super cringeworthy. Uh, Cammy Dunaway hosting was super cheesy and uh, and cringeworthy. And her like. Chesmere Cat's smile on her face for the entire thing is the stuff of nightmares, but like, man, Wii Music is just the worst of the worst of that year. You've got, like, Shigeru Miyamoto playing a saxophone on his on his Wiimote nunchuck. Ravi the drummer, the gift that lives on in infamy, just, he looks like he's literally about to pop a blood vessel drumming. The whole, the whole shebang was just, like, super, super embarrassing, and that it ended the show was just, like, oh my god, it was... Truly the worst of times to be a Nintendo fan. I cannot get Ravi drums out of my head. 
Like, I, I have tried to purge my memories. I've tried to purify my soul. Nothing. Nothing. We'll just, we'll, we'll get that out of my head. It was such a catastrophe. Oh, my God. I, like, what, what was the appeal there to begin with? Like, oh, yeah, you get to be a rock, a rock star, but that's already been done before. We've got rock band. We've got Guitar Hero. Although I think those did come out, um, I think rock band came out in the summer of that year, so maybe... Maybe maybe they were I, jumping. I will I will confirm that Rock Band was already out at this time because I was owning oh, okay. it and playing the heck out of it. I just remember selling the hell out of it back when I worked at GameStop, and I couldn't remember whether it came out in summer or or spring. But I know that when I when I saw this E three presentation for Wii Music, I was like, hmm, the competition is fierce, and Ravi the drummer just ain't cutting it. <laughs> God, he just And you know what? I'm sure he was trying his best. You know, making the he best looks of a bad like he's situation. He's trying his best. <laughs> and uh Ravi, if you're out there, at least you can know that you live on in uh in gif immortality. But yeah, just what a what an awful, awful direct. And it and it really was just like the start of that casual symptom that would basically infect Nintendo for the the rest of the next couple of years until you could really make that argument until they got, you know, kind of course corrected with the Nintendo switch that it took them that long to kind of get back on track. But uh, yeah, it was, it was truly just an embarrassing. It wasn't even like, so it's not so bad that it's good. It's just like embarrassing and sad. And when you see kind of the cool kids with their PlayStation and their Xbox, and you're just like looking at Ravi, the drummer playing Wii music, you're just like, ugh. Oh boy. God. But uh, let's talk about something cooler. Let's talk about something better. We're going to go back to our positive list. And at number three, we're going to go to E3 2004. And uh, we're going to go to the very, very start of this presentation. And uh, this is going to be the first time that we are going to meet the man, the myth, the legend, and I'm going to read you the direct quote. My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass, taking names, and we're about making games. Is this not just like an absolutely, like, iconic moment? Like, what a way to present yourself to the world. This is largely the first public appearance of Reggie fils uh, who, of course, would go on to obtain that legendary status with Nintendo, but he was exactly what Nintendo needed at that time. And there's no better way to kind of make your statement than, you know, to come out and say a very traditionally un-Nintendo thing to say. Yeah, that, it definitely had shock value. And I think if you had told me, or sorry, it's one of those situations where, like, if I had known where Reggie would end up, this would make total sense to me. But being someone who, you know, has had this firm image of what Nintendo is in my mind for, you know, a number of years now, to see him come out just so brazenly and openly say that and then just start dropping bombs left and right with what's happening over at Nintendo, I was just like, man, I like this new and improved Nintendo. I like this man. What is gonna? What is happening? What are you selling me next? It it was 
it was nothing short of exciting and I think that's really what it was all about and it was a perfect it was a perfect beginning and a perfect description I think for Reggie's eventual career and and I was watching this conference earlier today and uh, I, I, w- I was like mesmerized might be a good word like Reggie is just such an eloquent speaker and he's he commands attention so that opening line obviously just gets everybody's attention but then you you go a little bit further into his conference and he's talking about what the competition does and if you if you're looking at at this then you can the competition does that for you if you're looking at this competition they're going to do this for you but nintendo does it all and he delivers a line which i i think that maybe gets slept on a little bit because of the first line there but his quote is he with the best games wins always been that way always will and he reaffirmed that nintendo truly was making it was all about making the best games and when you watch that it's just like this is a man that truly believes in this message that speaks with conviction and was he really was what nintendo needed because nintendo had always kind of had that that reputation as being child's products and stuff like that and so he came and really I, in a lot of sense, it seemed like he dragged a lot of Nintendo to to the next phase or the next level in a lot of ways. And obviously, you know, time in retrospect and who Reggie would become and what he would mean to a lot of gamers kind of bumps this moment up on the list. But going back and watching this, I, I love it. I absolutely say that, like, Reggie redefined an entire generation of Nintendo and Nintendo fans. And you know what? I don't think it's unfair to judge his later successes based off of this moment because, like, honestly speaking, he's one of the few, for lack of a better word, game designer, game developer, like, you know, he's one of the few people in the gaming industry, like, who when he says something, not only does he just, like, mean, not only does he just mean it, but he commits to it. And he lives up to it. Like, he doesn't he doesn't let it fall by the wayside. And even if he does make a mistake, like, he, he was always the first one to be there, like with Metroid Prime uh, Federation Force, to say, hey, we made a mistake, here's what we're doing to make it better. So I, I think this moment just kind of perfectly encapsulated everything that we were going to get out of Reggie and everything that, that we did get. Yeah, I think he brought a legitimacy and a transparency that was perhaps missing from Nintendo. Um, For sure. I, I've read, uh, I'm a big fan of the Console Wars book by uh, Blake J. Harris, and you read that book and Nintendo of Japan, Nintendo of America, just seemed like this like shadowy corporation that you can never get a straight answer out of. And I think Reggie went a long way into, A, giving it a much-needed face, and then giving it even more, a much-needed voice. So, yeah, that's that's a great moment for me. Um, obviously, we're huge Reggie fans on this on this show. So, and anytime Reggie pops up and does something cool, you know that we're going to be all about it. Let's go. Heck yeah. Let's go back to the worst of times, though. This is one year. Oh, no. This is one year before Reggie shows up, and uh, this is this is pretty bad. And I was telling you the story about this particular incident before I, I think it was yesterday, and um, I was telling you that I remember being in high school. 15 or 16 years old wasn't quite the gamer that I am today I wasn't very knowledgeable about the industry or anything going on in it but I remember watching this and just being like man this sucked so I'm talking 
about Pac-Man Versus. So that's going to come in at number two on our worst of Nintendo E3 list. Pac-Man Versus from 2003. The thing is, is that this game ended up actually being pretty fun. And the, the conference that Nintendo had prior to this was actually pretty good. But it's just like, it's the classic example of you got to end strong. You got to end big with something really, really exciting. And not with kind of a wet fart, which is basically what Pac-Man Versus was. So leading up to this, Nintendo had focused on games like Mario Kart Double Dash. Uh, they'd shown a little bit of Metroid Prime 2, Pikmin 2. There had been a big presentation for Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes, which is really exciting. F-Zero was in there. Um, and Zelda the Four Swords was in there. So like some really quality titles so far. And then they end with Pac-Man Versus. And this is the this is really bad because they had promised a really major title to end on. And Pac-Man Versus was the definition of a gimmick. So to anybody that doesn't know, Pac-Man Versus was a multiplayer game for the GameCube. And it was kind of like a... It basically was a vehicle to show how the Game Boy Advance could connect to the GameCube and, and be fun to play as. Think of it as a Zelda Four Swords adventure, pretty much, for the GameCube, except with Pac-Man. Not so, cool. And it doesn't make sense to end with that. When you have Zelda yeah. Four Swords Adventure on the same show that does the same thing that Nintendo fans are probably going to be more into than Pac-Man Versus. So it was the most anticlimactic ending to a Nintendo E3 show that I can remember. There, Taylor, you'll know this meme, the Reaction Guys meme. Mm-hmm. That's Pac-Man Versus right there. Okay, now it's all becoming clear. Uh, I was a child of the Wii age of 13, when this uh, when this debuted, I actually didn't really start watching E3 until the next year uh, and start watching it regularly at that. Um, so most of the the information news I got was through things like Nintendo Gaming Month or like Nintendo Power and then Electronic Gaming Monthly and Computer Underground, all these different uh, you know websites or magazines. And so uh, when when you mentioned this, I I had to stop for a second and think. What, what what do you mean? What 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 is this? And then going back and looking at it, and it, it's interesting that you say that the game wasn't actually all that bad. But that being said, who on God's green earth decided that was the showstopper? That's the one we're premiering <laughs> for the whole event. <laughs> I don't. I'm so I'm so lost. It's a it's a classic example of bad placement because the bad placement yeah. of this game just totally ruined this game for anybody that was excited to play it. This would have been a fine middle of the show title. Sure. It it's Ugh. it's one of those things where I look at that and then I look back at what we were just talking about with Reggie. And I'm like, man, this plan of action could have used some Reggie because this was not. This was not a good idea on any front. And, you know, it, I think it's that's really sad, too, because there are a lot of games out there where you just look at them or you, you know, just hear a little bit of snippet about them and you say, oh, that's a game that's probably not for me or it's not going to be all that interesting. But then those games turn out to be, like, really, really, really good. And I just think it's a shame because 
you know, the, the, it just really hurts. Like where, as you said, like timing and placement, if they, if it had been middle of the pack, you know, maybe it would have been a much more popular game. Maybe it would have been much more well-received, you know, as opposed to trying to make it a showstopper when you've got titles like, you know, Zelda or Smash or, you know, what have you, these these big name AAA titles. And granted, you I guess you could kind of consider Pac-Man AAA since it's been around since before everything, everything else, but... I don't know, I don't man. know that, that Pac-Man that... had the same equity as it did back no. in, in the 80s at that point. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying, though. You know what? I'll, <laughs> you know I'll, what throw, I mean? I'll throw him a bone. I'll throw him a bone, too. Because as we were talking about in 2008, in, in 2003, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker had just come out. Metroid Prime had just come out. Um, Mario Sunshine had just come out. Star Fox had just come out. There was a lot of stuff that had just been released. So there, it's not like they had a ton of in reserve 2003 was was kind of a weak year for nintendo but i mean come on like show zelda the four swords like i that i think that that would have been better received in that spot and maybe or twin snakes i would have with twin snakes despite that game being horrible okay all you mgs fans out there shut your rat mouth that is an awesome twin snakes was bad oh it's twin snakes is bad that oh, uh, no. cool moment from the show actually they had uh, they had Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, Kojima, and Dennis Dyack from Silicon Knights all on the stage at the same time. And at the time, Dennis Dyack had just come off the really successful Eternal Darkness. Uh, th- there was this game called Ravenclaw. There was a game called Two Human that was coming out that people were really jazzed for. Yeah. Their, their stock was was pretty was pretty high up there at that point. So I remember that actually and thinking that that was pretty cool. I, I was definitely excited for it, and I think that their presentation of the Twin Snakes was really great, and I remember reading a lot about it before it came out, and I think that, you know, hands down, if I was going to pick anything from 2003 to lead my presentation with, especially where Nintendo is concerned, since that was their exclusive, that would have been it. Yeah, I, if you want something in your, in your main event spot... You know, yeah. to send your audience home happy. I would, I would have went with the Twin Snakes as well, or Zelda Four Swords. Either one of them would have made more sense than freaking Pac-Man versus. But sure, I guess without that, we wouldn't have a list like this. So uh, let's let's go from the sure. bad and let's go back to the land of the awesome. And uh, this this might be uh, some Champions Cast bias here, but number two on our list is coming from E3 2016. It's finally revealed after years at this point of speculation and secrecy and just clawing to get even the the littlest bit of information. The trailer to end all trailers is played and at the end, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And everything from that trailer, the score to the to the sweeping landscapes to the what looks to be improved combat, it just uh, it, it was such a moment for me watching it where I finally was just like Breath of the Wild, and I said it out loud, and it seemed to fit instantly. Uh, and then and then you see it in action, and then you see the beautiful set pieces on the E3 floor. Nintendo really. I mean, they really went all in with Breath of the Wild at this show. It was their only game, and they dedicated their entire presentation to it. And that being said, that considered, I think that they did the absolute best that they could, and it couldn't be called anything other than a success. The The biggest thing, I think, for me uh, during that was just 
being able to finally see something that I, I already knew was going to be great and then just just being able to validate it. And, you know, I, I won't lie that when, when I saw it happen, when they finally brought it out, gave it the full beautiful beautiful treatment it deserved i you know i was ugly crying through that presentation it was it was bad like i i'm glad there was there's no video evidence of of it out there but man i i was emotional i was like you know what i've been waiting for this game for so long now for what feels like an eternity we've heard nothing about it we've gotten a was it like a a 40 second introduction it, it trailer what, 40 and, seconds at uh, the game awards i want to say or maybe right. it, maybe it and wasn't the, actually maybe i'm thinking of the next year it, basically we'd gotten nothing yeah it was 30 to 40 seconds for the for like the introduction trailer like saying hey there's a new zelda game in the works and then we got what like a 15 second teaser where link's uh sitting on a horse on top of a grassy knoll uh about to instigate american world revolution oh wait no wrong history um so he just sits sits there, he looks up at the camera, and, you know, that was it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is still coming. Thanks, I didn't need that reminder. I need to actually see it. And then, woo, lo and behold, the C3 comes around, and do we see it? I still think one of my favorite memories from that is, is um, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's translator for a million years, Bill, Going up there and demoing this game and saying live on Nintendo's stream that he condones the burning of thousands and millions of innocent bokoblins. It was uh, it, w- it was truly monumental. Something about seeing that logo and then seeing the subtitle for me, I'll, I'll never forget that. Just when like Breath of the Wild came across that screen and like saying it out loud and then saying it again. And I was like, Breath of the Wild... And uh, I know a lot of our listeners are probably in the same exact boat when they, you know, there's something about finally learning what the next Zelda game is called that it's like it sticks with you. And I think that, you know, knowing what Breath of the Wild would become, knowing all of the stock that Nintendo invested into that game, because really, if that game would have bombed, then the Switch might not be off to the start that it got. Uh, it, it was a really important moment and it was a really special one. But um I couldn't I'm glad agree that more you brought up. I'm glad that you brought up Bill Trennan and Shakira Miyamoto, because everybody knows where this is going next. That's right. We're going back to our absolute worst Nintendo E3 moment. We've talked about it on this show before, so we're not going to beat it up too badly. But you know, it, you can't talk about Nintendo at E3 without talking about the most infamous screw up that they have ever had, and of course. We are talking about the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword demo from 2010. And, uh, God, what a, what a disaster. And, you know what, to be fair, this one wasn't exactly Nintendo's fault. They, they had tested it beforehand. Everything worked fine. As, as you and I know, the motion controls for Skyward Sword work perfectly fine. We've had some friends disagree with us on that. But was it via the sensors, infrared sensors, or just distance away from the console, whatever, nothing, nothing was working when Miyamoto was trying to make Link do anything in this Skyward Sword demo. And everybody watching it 
was just sitting there in like awkward silence as you can just tell that everybody knows that this is just a complete disaster. I really truly think that the stigma of this demonstration really stuck with Skyward Sword and put it behind the ball to start. It, it kind of gave people some bad preconceived notions of this game before it even had a chance. And so I, I really, you know, when I think of Nintendo bombs at E3, this is the one that I think of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we said it all last year, but I, again, I can't, I can't really say anything more than just, you know, sitting there watching them struggle through it and just just feeling absolutely terrible for them. And it was weird too cuz I'm like I'm here to see the newest Zelda and I'm super super excited for it. But like my attention wasn't even on Zelda anymore at this point because I'm just sitting there watching these two guys who were like probably the paragons of light when it comes to Nintendo's optimistic brand marketing and you know just watching them just fail to get it off the ground to no matter what they tried it it, it broke my heart and I was just like oh man this is this is just unfortunate and there's there's nothing that could be done about it you know so thank thank whatever is out there for Skyward Sword actually being a good game. Yeah, you heard it. We we say it, we believe it. You know, when it, I when think it Skyward Sword because... is is like maybe the best Zelda game behind Ocarina of Time, but it's definitely know, up there. Just it, it it'll never be perceived that way because of Yeah. This is my theory and people are going to dump all over me for it, but I feel like every single person who had a problem with Skyward Sword's controls maybe I don't want to say exaggerates it, but I, I think that the people who have a problem with the controls remember this demo, and that's in their head, so they already think that the thing isn't going to work in the first place. And so any any little glitch or any little time where it, maybe the game needs a second to catch up or recalibrate, you know, it's something that otherwise you might just shrug off as, you know, just a game loading or catching up. I think that people are quick to jump magnified. on it. Yeah, magnified, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that those people are just really quick to pounce on that as, you know, it's one thing when you notice a game doing something after a while repeatedly and consistently, and then it's another thing when you're looking for it because you've seen it on such a big stage before. So that's that's my theory. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people telling me that I'm wrong, but uh, you know, I, I don't care. I, I really don't think you're all that far off the mark. I don't know if... I don't know if that's it's like a hundred percent true, but I think it definitely has some merit. Like I, I can't, you know, if you, you know, maybe if you didn't see the E three presentation, played the game, and the controls played like crap for you, sure, maybe, um, maybe I could see, maybe not leaning on it as heavily, but I don't know. Like the, there's definitely something about seeing something beforehand seeing it not work, then getting the product and then having it not work and kind of just sitting there looking at yourself going, well, did I just make the, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of kind of moment. It's, I don't know. It was pretty, it, it was it just, pretty bad. Um, yeah. 
and Zelda Zelda has unfortunately had a few of those gaffes at uh, E3. But no. But Taylor, it is time for the number one greatest Nintendo moment of all time at E3. This is everybody's number one, and uh, you know I was kind of like maybe we should try to be different. But then also at the same time, I was like, nope, this is just too good. Of course, we are talking about the Twilight Princess trailer from E3 2004. Reggie comes back and says, before we let you go, we want to leave you with one last thing. And this trailer plays. And I think that until Breath of the Wild in 2017 at the E3, or not E3, the Switch presentation in January, I think that for 13 years... This was the best trailer that Nintendo had ever done. It was simple. It was awesome. It was just... You could feel the hype in the room. The crowd erupted as soon as that camera penned in on Link yeah. riding Epona, fighting while he was on his horse. It was so, so awesome. I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. You and I aren't even big Twilight Princess fans, and man, this trailer just gets me so jacked up. It makes me want to want to play and this is i think nintendo's crowning moment at e3 i i can't disagree with you at all like the it was just from from start to finish it was masterpiece you know i I it was simply short too like it was short simple to the point it didn't it didn't overstay its welcome and then the end cap of that all like fade to black shigeru miyamoto is there in the same pose as link and you know, normally this would be one of those moments where you're kind of just like, oh, cringe, but it it worked, and the expression on Miyamoto's face was that of just, like, pure bliss. Like, he knew he had hit a home run, and he was standing there ready to go all out, and he did, and it was great. Like, I, I had never been, with the exception of maybe um, uh, Breath of the Wild, I have never been more hyped for a Zelda game since since that reveal. And, you know, whatever our feelings for the game after that, that ended up coming out, like, in that moment, Twilight Princess was the greatest Zelda game to ever be released. And, you know, it, it was incredible. And I I will never forget that. And I think Nintendo should always look to that whenever they're thinking about, you know, how should we present this how should we do an e3 presentation i think that is their is their capstone moment and something that they should always be proud of and always look to innovate on and it's funny how that comes one year after the schmozzle that was uh pac-man versus so they seem to learn their lesson for a few years anyways until we got Wii music back in 2008 but that is undoubtedly the greatest singular nintendo e3 moment I don't know that there's anything this year that can possibly top that. We'll see. Uh, I hope that there is, but man, I, I I don't think anything can match the elation of that moment when Twilight Princess was revealed. Um, so there Breath it is. Wild two on the Xbox. <laughs> you're you're dreaming, pal. But that's a good I know. Dream. Uh, so there it is. We want to know what you guys think of our list. We want to know what uh, what we missed, what you would put on your list. Uh, so definitely comment in the uh, in the post on the site and let us know and uh, tweet at us and uh, tell us what you think of our E3 list. That's going to do it for us. 
for this week. A reminder that next week, of course, no episode on Monday, but we'll be live on Tuesday at 8.30 Pacific. Uh, E3 is just, it's right around the corner. Moments away, you could say. I am stoked. I'm so excited to see what the big N has got going on for us. Uh, that, of course, is going to be at Zelda Dungeon Twitch, so we'll have a post on the site directing you where to go, what time, and what the whole shindig is going to be about. We are super excited, and we hope to see you guys there. It is going to be an action-packed day full of video games, and those are my favorite kind of days, man, so I'm really stoked about it. Likewise. I, I cannot wait, and... You know, ever since we started doing this last year, like now I'm thinking a lot more about it in terms of being able to to kind of share it with with someone, you know, other other than my roommates, but like, you know, just being able to sit down, chill for a short period of time and just watch our dreams hopefully come true. That's right. So the action gets started uh, this Sunday at E3. The Microsoft press conference is going on then, and uh, we've got a few other press conferences going on Monday. So it's going to be a busy week. We'll uh, we'll be watching lots of video game news, and I am super excited. Uh, I hope that you guys come with us on uh, on Twitch. It's going to be a fun ride. Until then, we're out of here. Uh, make sure that you head over to iTunes, Podbean, like, and subscribe, and review, comment, all of that good stuff. Uh, if you got a Zelda fan in your life, throw them our way. Tell them about the Champions cast. They'll have some fun with it, I'm sure. You can follow me on Twitter, at Spateri316. You can follow Taylor on Twitter, at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That's going to do it for us. We are out until E3. Get your hype on. See you then. <laughs>